Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. A win over Duke could have salvaged it, but rolling off multiple victories could really put Pitt in some kind of position. And a good morning to you all, a good afternoon, a good evening, whatever time you're listening, or if you're watching live, as we are right now on YouTube, on DK Pittsburgh Sports on Pitt. This is the H2P Podcast. My name is Corey Christen. Gary Morgan is out today. Today is Saturday, January 27th, 2024, and today is going to be a day where we look at the road ahead for Pitt. And a good morning to you, Ryan, as our friend Ryan's watching live on YouTube. Today's going to be a day where we look ahead for Pitt basketball after a 72-64 win over Georgia Tech on Tuesday down in Atlanta. Pitt now has an opportunity in front of them to really put themselves back in the conversation for a postseason tournament. Now, I've been consistent in saying, and I'll I'll stick with this, Pitt is not an NCAA tournament team as we sit today, as we sit here nearing the end of January, based off of the track record they built in the early part of the season with the non-conference and then to start the ACC schedule being the record that it was. Pitt is now three and five of the ACC. They started off one and five. When you start one and five of the ACC, that's an awfully hard thing to recover from. But Pitt did a pretty good job of at least starting that against Georgia Tech. And that's what I want to get into. And then later on in the show, shorter stream today, uh, as we usually do with these short with these one man band shows. I want to talk about a Pitt assistant football coach who is really gaining gaining steam. And it's not to say that in the sense of coaching carousels or he's going to be leaving the program anytime soon. But a few transfers that are coming into Pitt spoke this week, and they gave ringing endorsements about Charlie Partridge. And that's the one guy that I want to focus on going into this final segment of the show later on. 
But right now, I want to jump into pit basketball, and and that's been obviously kind of the theme, the the overarching, the major topic here over the last several weeks when it comes to Panthers athletics. Again, 72-64, Pitt beats Georgia Tech Tuesday down in Atlanta. 19 points, a nice effort from Bub Carrington, 6-10 from the field. Federico had a good game, 7 rebounds for him. Uh, Jalen Lowe, again, 12 points. Ishleg at 14. Guillermo Diaz-Graham, 12. So four Panthers in double figures against the Yellow Jackets. In a game, again, we're going to say this, I think, pretty consistently now over the next several weeks, a game that Pitt had to have. And now today, we're recording early today. I, quite frankly, have an obligation later. Can't record after Pitt plays Miami today, 215. I believe that's going to be on the CW down at the Watsco Center in Coral Gables. But Pitt getting off to that start against Duke, winning at Duke, and potentially using that as a springboard to really build some kind of momentum into a late season charge into the ACC tournament. And as we've seen in years past, once you get into conference tournament time, really anything can happen. And this is what it's about for Pitt right now. This isn't about just building that late season resume, that mid to late season resume that's so coveted because quite frankly, I think they just slipped too much in the early season for them to afford themselves any kind of chance at the NCAA tournament. But it's about building that mid to late season resume in conference play to potentially put themselves in position for the NIT. There's projections out there now for the NIT that maybe Pitt could be a team for that. And I think it's going to be fascinating to see how Jeff Capel prepares and deploys his team down the stretch. And I think deploys is the proper word to use there because we've seen him make adjustments to the starting lineup. And I think the biggest one that's impacted them is putting Jalen Lowe in the starting lineup over Ish Leggett and letting Ish Leggett be the sixth man instead of having Jalen Lowe being that true point guard that comes off the bench. I think it's allowed Bub Carrington to be spaced out a little bit more. I think it's kind of allowed for more fluidity, at least with the starting five in the offense. And I think Jalen Lowe's play, we talked about it pretty in length last week. I think Jalen Lowe's play has been a really unsung catalyst for Pitt and these two freshmen that they have are really good together when it comes to Bub Carrington and Jalen Lowe looking at Pitt's schedule now. And I think when you look at the start, when you compare it to what Pitt has in front of them, it's a little bit easier right now. Again, Miami, that's a team that is elite. That is a team that for my money can make another run in the NCAA tournament. I know they don't have Isaiah Wong like they had last year, ACC player of the year but they still have a really deep roster. And Jim Laranaga is a phenomenal head coach. And Miami is always a tough out, especially down in Coral Gables. So Pitt at Miami today, they face Wake Forest at home on Wednesday. And then they have Notre Dame at home Saturday before they go to NC State. This is an opportunity for Pitt to really get back into the win column. And if they could beat Miami today, the schedule coming up, Wake Forest, Notre Dame at NC State, They go at Virginia, Louisville at home. There's some winnable games there. There's some gettable games there for Pitt. And even looking ahead beyond that, this is going into late February at Wake Forest, which is a team that I still think is really good. I really like Steve Forbes as a coach in this conference. I like what Wake Forest has talent-wise. Virginia Tech at home. Virginia Tech proved to be a tough matchup for Pitt last year. At Clemson, that's going to be hard. At Boston College, Florida State, NC State. 
So they're done with Duke and Carolina, basically. They're done with Duke and Carolina. This is the only matchup they have against Miami. And then a couple against Wake Forest, Notre Dame, a couple against NC State. Now, I still think Wake Forest and NC State are comparable, if not better than Pitt when it comes to the ACC this year. But I think that Pitt has opportunity in front of them. And I think that that's where you have to start when you look at how is Pitt going to potentially get a bid into whether it is the NCAA tournament, if they could really make a really solid run and win some games in the ACC tournament and who knows, win the whole thing. But could they make a run at getting a berth in the NIT? And I think Pitt now, their odds, if you want to handicap it that way, I think Pitt's odds as of right now are more structured towards a run at the NIT than they would be at the NCAA tournament. But that's still a good place to be. All things considered, when Pitt loses four seniors like they did from last year's team that were so pivotal to that run to the NCAA tournament, and then you have two freshmen come in, you lose Dior Johnson to start the season. So I think Pitt can make a really decent decent run here, and they have a chance really to build a resume in in this second half of the season, so to speak, and in the back half of the season. And Ryan says it here, Lowe has stepped up in key situations. Again, 12 points. He, he put up, I think it was 37 combined in the two games before that, but he had 12 against Georgia Tech. I think Georgia, I think Jalen Lowe rather has been an unsung hero of this team. And I think his play has really given Pitt a shot here at, at something pretty special and pretty unexpected, really, with comparisons to where they started this season at. Let's take a break here on the H2P podcast and let's discuss a little bit about the NFL draft coming up. And there are some football players. We're going to take a little more football today, I think. I want to talk about a couple of players that are going to be performing at the Shrine Bowl this week and potentially what their prospects could be in the National Football League. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All 
right, segment two here on the H2P podcast on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Corey Christen with you. No Gary Morgan this week. He is out. And I want to talk about the NFL draft, and it's never too early, is it, to talk about who could be playing at the next level. I think last year's draft class was pretty indicative, at least from a pit perspective, of you never really know who's going to come out, who's going to surprise, who's going to really seize a role with a certain team. Now, Kalaja Kansi being a first-round pick last year, he's really come along for Tampa Bay, really been a solid interior defender, has been wreaking havoc with quarterbacks. Just go back and watch the postseason game against the Lions. I know Tampa Bay lost, but man, Kalaja Kansi looks like a baller. And he's going to have a really good chance to be a really good pro in the future. Servasier Dennis has contributed on special teams for the Bucks. Carter Warren has played for the Jets. Izzy Abanacanda, we thought he'd have a, a role with the Jets offense potentially. And look, he's made inactive for some games. Sometimes that just happens. And, and our expectations sometimes get lost within reality. And that's okay. That's why we have NFL draft talk. That's why we have this scouting process. That's why we have all of this information available to us to see what these players could do at the next level. So when you look at this NFL draft class for Pitt, I think it's pretty clear to say it's not as strong as a collective that it has been in years past. But that being said, there are a couple of players that are going to be performing at the Shrine Bowl this week. Practices have begun down in Texas. The Shrine Bowl is going to be played Thursday in Frisco, Texas. And there's going to be a couple of pit players there that are representing that are trying to make it in that next level. And I'm going to start with Bub Means at receiver. Now, I never thought Bub Means was NFL caliber just from watching him at Pitt. I didn't think that he was a guy that's going to blow away teams. I didn't think that he was a guy that's going to blow away the scouting scene by any chance or by any stance, I should say. And now he's going to test at the Shrine Bowl. I think he has a couple of tools. I think, number one, he has speed. And number two, he has some size to be a slot receiver in the NFL. I think there's a chance that Bub Means could really make it. And I think there's a chance that Bub Means could develop into something. But I think that process is way ahead of him. I, I don't think he's quite there yet. Now, I, I think it's a good thing that obviously he's at this Shrine Bowl and he's practicing and getting feedback and everything. But we'll see on Bub Means. The other player that's down there and I think has a really good chance of being kind of like the Carter Ward of last year's class. And I loosely make that comparison because it almost feels like he's going to make a position switch and that's Matt Gonsalves tackle. Now he was a tackle for Pitt left side and right side, all ACC at that position. But if you look at all of the, I guess, listings and all of the feedback that has come through from Frisco where the Shrine Bowl practices are, Matt Gonsalves is profiling right now as a guard, as a guard prospect with his size. And he missed this year, most of this year, nine games of it with a turf toe injury that he had to have repaired and had surgery on. I remember seeing him in a walking boot and like we knew it was a really bad foot injury that he sustained against West Virginia in the third game of the year. But I didn't envision it being a severe turf toe injury that he had to have operated and, and put in a cast and a boot and everything. I mean, he was, he was, he was wrapped up and he's, he's healthier now. I don't think he's going to be playing in the game, but he's at least interviewing with teams down in Texas. 
And I think Matt Gonsalves profiles as an interesting NFL prospect. Do I think he sticks at tackle or guard? I think if you look at the early indications of him moving to guard, that's most likely because he's gotten feedback that, hey, your fit, your frame, your style, your strength, all of that plays into interior offensive linemen. And Pitt's pro day is going to tell us a lot more once that day comes around. But I think it's interesting that Matt Consolvis, when you look at the early projections for him, profiles as a guard. And Carter Warren, when he was being looked at last year, in similar a similar manner, was hurt relatively early in the season. His was a knee injury, was relatively hurt early in the season and had to rehab and kind of caught on late in the NFL draft process, so to speak. But he's stuck at tackle. Now, Gonsalves is going to profile the same way where he's going to stick relatively late in the draft process. But I think it's a, I think there's a way that Matt Gonsalves, I think there's an in for Matt Gonsalves as an interior lineman. I think it's going to be at guard. I can't see him playing center uh, because he really didn't play center at Pitt, quite frankly. So I think left tackle, left guard would be the most popular spot that you would see him projected at. And he spoke this weekend at Shrine Bowl practices and said, hey, I would welcome a reunion in Pittsburgh. I would welcome the opportunity to play in the Steel City again. He loves it here. He's a New York kid, but he loved it in Pittsburgh. So from a Steelers perspective, who knows? I think it's pretty evident the Steelers are going to be looking for offensive linemen in the draft. But will Mackensalvis be there for them? I think he's more of a day three, like an early day three pick as of right now. So I think that's going to be an interesting thread to watch. There's going to be more Pitt NFL draft talk to come out of the South side once we get closer to Pitt's pro day and obviously with the NFL combine. I'll make a note real quick for those that are listening. I will be at the Senior Bowl all week next week for both Steelers and Pitt coverage uh, down in Mobile, Alabama. So I'll be making that trip on Monday. Practices start Tuesday, so practice Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then the game is on Saturday. So Looking forward to that trip. It's going to be a lot of fun getting to know some of these prospects to see who not just are the Steelers going to look at from that perspective, but getting the appetite wet for some college football. I think we all that are listening to this um, miss it to some degree. College football is obviously special to all of us, and we will see what that will hold for us down in Mobile this week. Let's take our second and final break here on the H2P podcast. And when I come back in a few moments, I want to talk about one pit assistant football coach who has really gained steam. And that's from within and outside of the walls of the UPMC Rooney Sports Complex. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. All right, final segment here on the H2P podcast here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. 
Corey Christen with you. Gary Morgan is out this week. And real quick before we get into the topic I wanted to address, the 2024 football schedule dropped this week. And Pitt, I think, has a favorable road in 2024 with respect to ACC play. But we know the non-conference, Kent State at Cincinnati, West Virginia, and the FCS opponent this year is Youngstown State, Pat Narduzzi's, I guess you could say alma mater. He did play there, um, but his dad, obviously, back in the 80s, was a really prominent fixture as a coach there. And then you look at Pitt's ACC schedule. October 5th at North Carolina. They play four road conference games at UNC, November 2nd at Southern Methodist, one of the newcomers to the ACC. November 2nd at Southern Methodist. And then the final two games of the season, November 23rd and November 30th, are on the road at Louisville and at Boston College. So there's your road schedule for Pitt in ACC play. The home schedule. October 12th against Cal. October 24th, that's a Thursday, against Syracuse at Akershire Stadium. November 9th against Virginia. November 16th against Clemson. The final home game of the season is in mid-November against Clemson. So Pitt right there has one, two, three, four, five road games. And the rest are at home. Seven home games this year for Pitt. And when you look at those ACC opponents, North Carolina is not going to have Drake May anymore. Who knows where Cal is? Who knows where Syracuse is going to be when it comes to having Fran Brown as their new head coach? Southern Methodist was a top 25 team this year. That's a really tough out. Virginia still rebuilding under Tony Elliott. Clemson had a down year last year. At Louisville, Louisville's been a tough out for Pitt. And at Boston College, a team that Pitt beat this year. It's a good schedule for Pitt. It's a favorable schedule. And if you want to build back from three and nine, that's a pretty good place to go. But I want to talk about an assistant coach who really just, it was a commercial for him on the South side this week. This week, four newcomers to pit via the transfer portal took to the podium to talk about basically coming here and their decision to do that. Lyndon Cooper, offensive lineman out of NC State. Nick James, D. Lyman out of Indiana. Nate Matlack, D. Lyman out of Kansas State, and David O. I'm gonna I'm gonna botch this name for the rest of eternity. Ojegbe out of Clemson, defensive lineman. Those three defensive linemen provided free advertising for Pitt's football program, and in particular Charlie Partridge, over the course of that press conference. Starting with Nick James out of Indiana, and he talked about the development. Of Charlie that Charlie Partridge does for defensive linemen. And when you look at Nick James, 6'2, 282 listed, kind of reminds you of Kalaja Kansi. I think he was 6'1, 281, to be honest. And when you look at Charlie Partridge and his ability to develop defensive linemen, it's pretty obvious that he has been widely successful in his tenure here at Pitt. When you look at the products that have gone to the NFL from Pitt that have played that position. Nick James said it, the reputation that Charlie Partridge has gained, the success that he's built from building interior defensive linemen. He thinks that fits Partridge's teaching style, and Partridge recruited him. So if Partridge has this track record of putting guys in the NFL, and you have a guy like Nick James who profiles, at least build-wise, to Kalajic Hansi, 
Yeah, he's going to see that. He's going to want to come here. Ojegby, the Clemson guy, another guy that said, Charlie Partridge, Charlie Partridge, Charlie Partridge, Charlie Partridge. That relationship started with him out of high school. And he has the reputation for not just building pass rushers, but for molding pass rushers that are aggressive and play with a different style. And he likes that. And he likes that. He redshirted at Clemson. And then he took time and said, you know what? I'm going to go play for him. That's the endorsement Charlie Partridge has gotten from Pitt. And Nate Matlack said the same thing coming out of Kansas State. Wants to play for Partridge. And he has notoriety. Matlack said, even over at Kansas State, when he was getting recruited, he had people say, oh, you're going to Pitt. You're Charlie Partridge. That's a big deal. That's a big get. Charlie Partridge is the nucleus, the nexus, if you will, of these defensive linemen prospects that are seasoned elsewhere coming in from the transfer portal and that are coming to Pitt to develop and play. And they're going to have a room that's going to be launch padded by Dayon Hayes that's going to be kind of revamped with some guys going to the draft. But I thought that advertising, if you want to call it that, for Charlie Partridge was very strong from Pitt's contingency of transfers that came in. Thank you for listening to this shortened episode, abridged episode of the H2P podcast. Remember, you can find us live on YouTube, DK Pittsburgh Sports on Pitt on Saturdays, starting between 9.30 and 10 a.m. Eastern. Then you can find us where podcasts are found, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. We will reconvene. I'm not sure about next week because I will be uh, covering a football game on that Saturday. Uh, The Senior Bowl down in Mobile, Alabama, I will be in, in one week's time. So I'm not sure about a show next week, but we will chat and keep you up to date here soon on what's going on in pit sports. Look for the week after potentially once we get into the early goings of February. My name is Corey Christen. This has been the H2P podcast. Talk to you soon. Cheers, everybody. Have a good day.